Hi, this is Dave Gershman, and you are coming back, as you probably know, to the Reselect Music Podcast. And on this episode, you'll be hearing the first of our artist overview analyses. Our debut episode, along those lines, is Sly and the Family Stone. For this episode, we listened to his entire discography, save for a solo album or two. We hope you enjoy this discussion of Sly Stone. Hello, I am Dave Gershman. And I'm Eric Green. And uh, we're, we're doing uh, the first episode of our new format, which we discussed in our last transitional episode. We are, this week, did I already mention this? We're doing Sly and the Family Stone. No, you didn't say that yet. Oh, okay, well, I just said it. So, there we go. We, um, we, we've been working for a while and each going through all his albums and uh, listening to them. And what an amazing dude he he was, and uh, you yeah. know, to some degree, still is, I'm sure. Yeah, well, he hasn't really put out much music in well, a very last long album, time. I, yeah, I it's been what, almost no twenty five years now, I suppose. Yeah, something like that. But he's still kicking. Yeah, he is. But I think his best musical days are probably behind him. Perhaps. Perhaps. But um, but he is amazing, and I I, I just love his stuff. Uh, even his lesser stuff, I think, is. For him, like a bad album for him, or not a good, not as good an album for him as like a great album for a lesser talent. You know, like even what I, his his last few albums, which were kind of weak for them. Mm-hmm. I think any other band putting them out would have been pretty happy to come up with something like that. So. Well, you know, th- those are the last three albums that I listened to, and uh, you know, there's some pretty decent stuff in there. I I was listening to them to in the background as I was, uh, you know, preparing a meal here recently, and. I was dancing out of the kitchen, man. It was like really great stuff to be listening to, you know. It is. I mean, I, I enjoy it. The if there's something that, if there's one thing that Sly Stone is, it's funky and danceable, yeah, and totally. That. Even when he's being intense and serious, it's yeah. still danceable stuff. So. Yeah, for that reason alone, I would endorse uh, or encourage you to to listen to some of his stuff because, you know, man, uh, there's lots of music out there, but. There's, there's only so much of it that is particularly good, and, and I think Sly and the Family Stone fit right in there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think they get a lot of airplay still on yeah. certain formats of radio. Uh, I guess classic rock. And, and there's and a slew of songs out there, whether you know it or not, are Sly and the Family Stone. Right, right. And they've been uh, they've influenced so many people since then. Well, you mentioned they, earlier Prince. Prince was a huge Sly Stone fan. Mm-hmm. He... Uh, uh, his 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 dress uh, sensibility, his clothing sensibility was taken <laughs> was taken from Sly Stone you and know, Jimi Hendrix. But you know, as I was watching uh, one of his videos, I, I was thinking, um, oh heck, who's who's that artist from uh, Austin, Texas? The the guitarist uh, uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Yeah. You know, some of Stevie Ray Vaughan's outfits well, right. could I I suspect could be traced back to that. Yeah, although you know, like I said, Jimi Hendrix had a similar kind of yeah. thing going on too, which may have affected. Influence Sly too at some point, but you know, so you can't try to tell where one begins yeah. the other. Uh, those, those guys are from the same. Yeah, they're they're, they're contemporaries. Right yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Sly and the Family Stone started in what sixty six. Uh, uh, the first 60, album was sixty seven. Sixty seven, yeah. yeah. So, and that's about the same time Hendrix yeah. really started becoming you known. Actually, a little later than that, but yeah. But I think Sly Stone didn't really start that 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 style of dress. The what do you call it? The 
Spa- the Spanish, funky. kind of the the, the matador look, sort of that. You, you know call that a about? matador look? Yeah, that that flat. I don't know what you call that hat. The, the big hat, the big yeah. round hat, flat. It's got the. I don't know. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Anyway, um, sequins. You know, matador is wearing sequins. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, I'll go with matador. No, it's more the style, not yeah. the so much what it's made of. You know? Yeah. Um. Anyway, but. Uh, um, so yeah, he, he influenced so many people musically as well as fashion-wise, um, and not only that, but he was sampled and uh, in many many songs, hip hop stuff. Uh, can you of, can you throw some examples out of um, it? So, songs that have, Beastie have Boys like, really completely took one of his songs from Small Talk, uh-huh. which, uh, which you may recall. Uh, uh, no one of his best albums. Loose Booty. Yeah, Loose Booty. It's well, see, that's the thing. I. We'll, we'll, we'll go through all the albums, but right. uh, Small Talk was at what many consider the beginning of his down, yeah, down yeah. trend. Um, I found it much more enjoyable than many of the reviews would, huh. have, would have you believe. Right. I think it's some really good stuff. On I'll there. give it another chance. One of the best, one of my favorite Sly Stones, in fact, uh, Sly songs. Uh, in fact, we put together our own list of essential yeah. Sly songs. We'll, we'll get to that later, yeah. but I think, but. One of them was from that album for me. It's Loose Booty, right. <laughs> which is such a funny title. It is a great, that's a great title for sure. Uh, but but that the song has this re- repetitive part that Sly says. It's, yeah. it's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abignon. Or Ab- Abignon. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's, it. These are three characters from the Bible. I I can't claim to know uh-huh. anything about them. I looked it up one time, but. That's all I know. And so they, he repeats this throughout the song, and then the Beastie Boys used that exact, his his voice doing that in in their song Shadrach. They they use they used yeah they, they sampled that and they sampled her backing vocals. So let's let's see if we can uh, dig this up here. So they used his. Actual, uh, the the recording of Sly Stone singing. Yes, the sample. Their yeah, song. Sampled, yes. Yeah. Well, that's no, that's no longer sampling anymore, is it? Sampling. Oh, sampling. No, what sampling. is sampling? Tell me exactly what sampling, sampling is. Sampling is just taking a an actual bit of the recording and yeah. repurposing it for your own song. It could be like a little snippet that you just turn into. Well, a I can imagine you take something. like a, a lick of a few chords or yeah. you're picking something yeah. like that that you use over and over again. But this is an actual recording. If it's Sly Stone. Slystone's voice in there. That's an actual recording. Right. That's right. different. Isn't well, it? it, but that's what a sample is. A sample right. is a recording, the actual recording. So here, let, let me okay. show you. I guess I have a mistake. So here's Loose Booty. Like it's just got energy right from the. the it totally it's like, does. Bam. Though. It's got. S- <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Shadrach and Meshach band and go. It's just nonsense, basically. It's, it has. I don't think those characters, those biblical characters, have anything to do with the subject of the song. I mean, loose booty, after all. Now listen to her voice. Okay, remember that when we get to the Beast Boys. Right. I'm going to be all right. the Beast Boys here. Oh, you can play a Beast Boys song before Snow? Yeah, yeah. It's an amazing song. I mean, this is like essential. This is a classic. Sly Stone kind of sound, just that funk that, that you know when we're picking, picking essential songs, you know there's there's a couple on my list that are also 
and, and one of the things that, that made them, or the thing that made them essential songs to me is this kind of funk thing that happens, and, and I put this in that same category as yeah. you know, the other two songs I've just got this there. groove that just, just yeah, like, and it's, and it's like, like such an organic kind of groove too, I find, it's like, it's not, you know, you, there's a lot of songs where there's this really good beat to it, but it feels more contrived somehow, this just feels like it was just there, it was just there, and he just picked it up right. and made a song right. like but and, and like doesn't his songs don't have to necessarily be about anything. I mean, he's just so good at like just making it seem important. You know, like he's got a lot of songs that do have pretty deep meanings. Yeah, you know, yeah. pretty intense stuff. But I don't think this is one of them necessarily. But it's a great <laughs> song. I mean, just, so I'm gonna find the Beastie Boys song. The samples from there. Yeah. Uh, don't mind us, folks. We have our uh, phones. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple other songs from from uh, some of the other albums. Suki Suki is, is the name of one of them that came up on my list. What, what album is that? I, I, that doesn't ring a bell. You know, I don't know if I could tell you what album that came from. But Suki Suki, um, and another one that was. Uh, Zigzag. Oh, that must. I think those are from the their earlier albums, maybe. Uh, you know, like when you have this much to listen to, sometimes the song titles aren't always right. Like, you, right. you don't always you have them in all together. But it, but it's a it's a classic song. When 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 I hear this song playing, and I'm talking about Suki Suki, and and this song to some degree as well. Yeah. Not quite as much. You know, Suki Suki does something a little different. I, I can imagine the scene for like Soul Train or the Midnight Special, you know, mm-hmm. where, where uh, Sly, Sly Stone has, has played before. And you see the people out there dancing to this one song, and it's like this classic, like very simple 50s sort of setting, and people are just bopping out there to some really wonderful music, you know. It's, oh, yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's the classic sort of, sort of scene for. Uh, for that time period. Oh, it's such, to me, yeah, anyway. it's, it's so, yeah, it's it's such a, I don't say stereotypical, but like just a. You know, uh, I, I I don't I don't care. I'm just gonna say it. You're right. It is stereotypical of that of that music scene. Yeah. Well, like just yeah, the, the whole Soul Train thing was amazing. I, I used to love watching the the dancers. You know, like yeah, not during the songs, but that dance line that they would do. They'd have like a song like this, this incredibly funky song. And, oh, here's another song, folks. This is Family Fair, but we'll get to this one later. But first, <laughs> let me let me play uh, Shadrach by the Beastie Boys here. Do you remember the woman's voice? Mm-hmm, all right. So far, this could be loose Boudia. Yeah, they throw everything in there. I mean, we're not talking about the Beastie Boys today, really, but uh, <laughs> while we have it on, we might as well mention that. Yeah, they, they do a great job of taking, like, all these different... Like, Actually, I think that might have been a Led Zeppelin sample. They'll, they'll throw everything. They, did, they This album is a ton. This is Paul's Boutique. Mm-hmm. There you go. 
Oh yeah. So that's the actual sample. They they say it too, but that's pretty fun. You know, I'll, you know, I'm a little embarrassed to admit I kind of like the Beastie Boys. You shouldn't be embarrassed at all. They're no, they're, they're, no, they're, 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 they're they got something. They should going not be on, a guilty man. pleasure. They're one of the great hip hop bands. They they really are. Guilty but, pleasure is that a thing? You've never heard that term? I don't think I have. Oh come on, <laughs> guilty pleasure. <laughs> Yeah, right. you know, like uh, Beastie I, Boys are not guilty pleasure. No, right? well, I don't think they are because I think they're actually talented and yeah. great. But I think guilty pleasure is kind of like if I was to tell you, I, I kind of like Celine Dion's uh, yeah. soundtrack songs from the Titanic or something, or you know, whatever she did. <laughs> I mean, that would be a guilty pleasure because I'd be really guilty about telling people. I feel very embarrassed. It's kind of things you feel embarrassed telling other people. All right. you like All right. that's a guilty pleasure. Gotcha. I, I have no problem telling people like, I like, like Beastie Boys because they're, they're awesome. All right, well, I'm going to change my ways. Yes. We can include them someday because right. they really have a lot of cool stuff. Um, anyway, back to Sly, though. So that was, that was a good they, example. Were they sampled from Sly? Yeah, yeah. a good sample. And um, there's another one. I won't try to find it right now, but at the end of um, something from uh, I Heard You Missed Me, but now I'm back. Uh-huh. Um, there's a song on One there. Their, that's, a, that's his there's album from... Uh... little... Yeah, what year is that? 77? Uh, they uh, they had this little yeah, bit, little yeah. snippet. The song fades out. It kind of falls apart. It's a, it kind of just doesn't end abruptly. It's like it, instruments kind of stop, and then there's still this studio chatter. Uh-huh. And there's this little sound, this voice. Not Sly. It's one of the, one of the women. And uh, that sample, that was sampled by uh, De La Soul. Uh-huh. The the hip hop group they used that as a, as a theme throughout one of their songs. I I don't know offhand. Well, the chick at the end of it was just kind of yeah. They just took this little sound. It was kind of cool, and it, huh. it wasn't even like a, a a written part for the song. Yeah. I think. But anyway, I mean, there's there's all sorts of things. Oh, I, I had one more. <laughs> That's uh, kind of fun. Here, while we're on the subject of samples, um, all right, Janet Jackson, uh, but she sampled uh, from uh, uh, "Thank You for Letting Me Be Myself" uh-huh. again. For the song Rhythm Nation. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can pick that up. This was a huge hit of hers. That just, that, that's the actual recording. Yeah. Again, that's an actual sample. I don't think that's. I mean, they do things to manipulate it so it sounds slightly different. How, how do artists get away with it? Like, like Janet well, Jackson, they don't does get she pay royalties to... Well, funny you should ask. Fly? Yes, they have to pay royalties now. But back at this time, they were still... The whole sampling thing hadn't really been worked out yet, the legalities of it. I mean, people being sampled didn't like it, but there wasn't anything they could do about it. But Paul's Boutique, that Beastie Boys album, yeah. had so many samples on it it was it's like a masterpiece of sampling and using the samples or anything. But there's so many samples that they got in some trouble because finally I, I don't know which specific yeah, there's yeah. a certain group of artists, you know, got together or something and, and and they ended up having to I think they had to uh, pay some royalties, I'm not sure, but from then on it kinda changed the face of music and sampling. Huh. Because from then on the the artists that were sampled they had to get songwriting credit as part of the uh, like if it was significant enough yeah so that they would also have to get 
royalties paid to them for the, the summit they were sampling, which you know makes some sense. You know, yeah. if you're gonna be a little lazy, I I, I love sampling, but you know, well, some, some I, people I, might I, say I hate to say lazy is a not little, lazy, little no, unfair. Yes, not yeah, it, yeah. it's the wrong word, really. But I, I mean, like, uh, I don't know. I mean, you're you're taking somebody else's creation yeah. and you're using it to enhance your own song, you know, and, and using that creatively is just as valid as anything else, but, sure, yeah. but um, I'm just saying, you know, if you're going to use that, you know, if you're going to take advantage of somebody else's work, then you got to pay the advocate price. I advocate for you know? that as yeah, well, yeah. yeah so, That's fair. Um, fair enough. So. Anyway, but, uh, so, uh, that's Janet. Back to Sly. So, Sly had a lot of stuff that people sampled. <laughs> Much like James Brown. James Brown, in fact, has the, 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 the drum break that the funky drummer break, I think it's called the uh, that that. This is the thing. Almost all hip hop has been built off of, like the or, or, like it was used. I forget how it was used exactly, but um, it became like the, a facto, drum break. Yeah, a drum break from one of James Brown's songs was sampled for one of the early hip hop songs in the eighties, uh, maybe even seven late seventies. And um, so, and also just, the, when you say a drum break, this this is like. But that a, was a, a riff that the drummer did in yeah, the James Brown exactly, songs. yeah, like between, and it was pulled, between, and it was such a cool sounding yeah. thing that they what they did then they had there was the DJs were were actually spinning the records, yeah. you know? so they weren't sampling it, but they would play it, and he would you know he would go waka waka waka, you know, the, the, how to go just, again? Waka waka. <laughs> <laughs> Red rum. Oh, sorry. <laughs> waka waka waka. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> so they would they would do that over the part. They kept repeating the that that drum like they'd stop yeah. it on that drum. They would know where to. Yeah. They've got yeah. ways to mark the record, you know, so they know where to stop it. And anyway, that's like early form of sampling before they actually had the digital sampling. They would use mm-hmm. it directly mm-hmm. from the records and combine that into the song, or just make the song like a re. Uh, they they'd keep repeating a part over and over, and it basically would create a new song, you know. So. And they'd have a couple things they'd go back and forth between. That's why they have a couple of turntables. You know, right, so. right. But we're getting off the Sly Stone track here. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, so... Yeah, so how does that tie into Sly Stone? You, you, uh, Sly Stone. Sly Stone. Keeps, I know, Sly I keep Sly doing Stone. that. We're not talking about Rocky. <laughs> That's a different discussion. Whole different podcast. We're not, we're not going to do that one. Uh, it doesn't really. I was just getting a little off track with the whole sampling and... Oh, I got you, got you. Oh, I said James Brown. Aside Exem- from James Brown, like Sly, James Brown is one of the most sampled musicians. Understandably um, so. Yeah, like and reality. and but Sly Stone is up there too. And yeah. So uh, so let's talk a little bit about Sly in the '60s. Sly in the How's '60s. How's that sound? Okay. All right. Um, well, late '60s, I guess. Well, the first album was what '67. You yeah. said that was a whole new thing, right? You got it. Um, you got it. I, that one I didn't hadn't been very familiar with previously. I think I'd listened to it once a long time ago. So for me, that was a lot of that was pretty new, and I found that it they hadn't really formed their they hadn't really come together with their sound yet. They yeah. were kind of it wasn't even so like funky. It was kind of a little psychedelic rock kind of stuff going on, and and just. Uh, it's cute, almost. You know, <laughs> is, is, is it fair to say that the, the the band members that that were in the Sly and the Family Stone throughout much of their 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 time period when they were identified as that were present on that first album? I think so. I think I think, so I also, think yeah. the band was pretty solidified 
throughout their career. I don't think it was like rotating yeah. members. And, and the reason I asked, I don't know all the band member names. Uh, yeah, but the, oh, go ahead. The reason well, the, the reason I asked that it, it was a pretty eclectic band. You know, yeah. it, you know, they, they started in San, San Francisco in the in the in the sixties. And uh, it was one of the first bands that included like other than a bunch of black guys playing together or a bunch of white guys playing together. Mm-hmm. It was it was it was both. It was both. It was, multiracial, both. It was multiracial. Men and women. Women. It felt and, like a real collective. So yeah. Like real... And so they, they were all just jiving together, and and it and it seems, you know, f- from my perception and what it, what I read about it, it was it was more about producing this really wonderful music as opposed to getting together and hanging out and, and producing something yeah yeah i think i think they uh they, they just had this chemistry that works yeah and, fantastic and, and, and that's, kind, that's kind of the 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 thrust of what i've been understanding about that time period right and how they right. were getting together um i think i think the kind of the had a very community communal aspect to it and, and some of them were his family members but uh, there were That's other people right, outside right. of that. Yeah, actually, I didn't. Uh, sister, does he have a? It was it was a, it was a family or is it was, it was Freddie Stone was the guitar player, his brother, and his sister Rose oh. uh, played keyboard. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Hello, yeah, uh, yeah, and and when they got shot, was it two, four, six? There's a uh, seven seven people in the band, you know. And yeah. Quite quite an entourage. Yes, definitely. Uh, I want to take a little pause here, for word from our sponsor. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so uh, we're back from the word from the sponsor. We didn't really have a word from our sponsor because we have no sponsor. We got no sponsor. Uh, <laughs> I actually, sorry, I just wanted to pause it because I wasn't sure. Wanted to make sure our our setup was still recording. Anyway, so we were talking about the 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 communal aspect of the band, yeah, which I think is very interesting and very key aspect, in fact, of his whole. Would you outlook. say a key aspect? Yeah, I, I think I think that was his thing. I was like. I mean, he's he's an amazing, creative. Yeah, I would say genius, really. But, but I think he wouldn't have wanted to do it himself. I mean, he had solo albums, but uh-huh. well, that was later. They're not as well known, and I think because he just worked well in a collaborative yeah. atmosphere. And I, like, I don't think I don't know how he worked, but I'm pretty sure he didn't like tell each and every person in the group exactly what they should do I mean I think he wrote all the songs and and he had the ideas in general but I think they all you know they're all actual musicians and not just like singers you know I mean they're not that singers aren't musicians but you know I mean they they all came with their own creative ideas I think that that were added into the the stew that became their songs I I think that's sort of how he worked best you know the, what what uh, support supports your statement there is you know a lot of these guys came from all different backgrounds you know uh, c- coming back to the fact that you know there was seven of these people that got together from from you know the, some Caucasian some women you know that, that was very different from from what was going on during that time period and, yeah I mean it and, and so he kind of brought together people that you know the common theme that they had for themselves is that they were musicians right I think most most bands at the time were pretty monochromatic you know they yeah. were you know they, they didn't tend to like mix it up that much I mean it just didn't it was yeah. really, I mean if you ever saw it it was pretty pretty unusual and and he changed that I, I think he's definitely one of the first to make it a real he, he most key element was, yeah. Just, you know. yeah. Um, and I mean you know if he if he didn't he didn't have to have it like that, you know. He he certainly had the creativity and the ability. Where did the music come wanted. from? 
to do what he wanted and um you know just, he could have done it on his own or with a band that he told them exactly what to do and they could have been faceless and everything but he wanted a big group of people around him and I don't think it was just a gimmick you know I think it was yeah for a good reason you know his you know he's a talented guy clearly yeah. and uh yeah. you know he had this vision in his mind of what, what music ought to be and he created a, a scene that, that provided that or made that yeah. happen and you know there San Francisco is a big I think that's where they were based right yeah and um yeah. You know, '67 in San Francisco is the summer of summer of love. Crazy you know, 67, stuff going on that, 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 was, that era, and and that whole scene there was very much in tune with what he was doing. At that time, he was not like heavily into drug use or anything like that, like many of the uh, so-called hippies were. Uh, right. Well, you know, you, you, but he definitely he had he picked up on that whole vibe. You know, well, that you that you mentioned that actually segues well into. Uh, kind of this uh, thing that I have right here. I, d- I took some notes as I was oh. doing a little research on oh, the Sly and the Family yeah, Stone. Yeah. Right? Uh, San Francisco is where they got their thing going on. Um, at, at the time when uh, Sly, Sly was producing and, and, and making albums, uh, I have a note right here that the Black Panther Party wanted a more militant music. And, and do you know of any influence that... That, that, did you did you come up with any influence that the that this whole Black Panthers had on militant movement might have had on on his? I don't think so. I, yeah, I, because I don't see any, but he uh, their first two or three albums were pretty lighthearted mm-hmm. ordeals. You know, they were fun and funky, but they didn't get too heavily into like politics or, or heavy stuff. But uh, from what I understand, it was around well, and you can you can look at the his albums in the time frame but when Martin Luther King was assassinated and it was about that same things, time things frame, definitely right? yeah things definitely started looking darker for the whole civil rights movement and it definitely affected Sly's outlook I don't think he was necessarily changing because the Black Panthers were yeah asking or looking for change in there, there the, were many more many more variables going on yeah, that yeah. I, mean, I think I think it's all tied in together yeah. you know and I, I think things didn't look so promising after that for a while you know I think I think that kind of put a major so his first few albums you said were kind of lighthearted but after the first two or three yeah like the the first couple were definitely more more lighthearted but then uh, with Stand which came out in what year 68 69 69 yeah 69 it was I think that was the first everyday people was on that one right yeah and I think I think that was the first album that really had um some really darker things yeah. to it. The music started getting kind of heavier too, like still funky, you know, but yeah. like this like heavy, darker kind of funky. And so I, I think there was definitely an influence. And the whole environment of the '60s, like they they changed with the feeling, you know, the, the overall feeling, and, and reflected all that. You know, yeah. and you can and see that still... in, in many of the artists from that time period also. And then uh, right, right. the sign the family stone are no exception. Yeah, yeah, and I think his his Commitment to the whole communal aspect of the band stayed intact. Yeah. Oh, the, these guys stuck together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think I I do think it was mostly the same band members throughout. But well, I, but the, the to get back to the first album in particular, I think it was just kind of like a more less funk. Definitely, of course, '67. You know, funk music was James Brown. Yeah. I mean, James Brown was earlier than that. But I mean, I think the idea of 
the funk that Sly became it was more based in like the soul of like Otis Redding and, and that kind of thing and huh. in fact he does an Otis Redding cover on the album um, what is it called uh, oh yeah the Turn Me Loose actually I don't I don't know if I think Otis covered it actually it's not even Otis's song but it's an earlier soul song from the 60s and it's pretty straightforward it's a great song but um, in fact the Blues Brothers <laughs> it's a really tangent here the Blues Brothers <laughs> Uh, yeah. uh, well, you know, Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi. This sounds like a great story to me, man. Go for it. They, they, when their 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 Blues Brothers act, yeah, came out and they actually recorded an album. Yeah. <laughs> they used this Isn't song as their like kind of intro song, the, the the theme that brought they came out on stage too. Yeah, um, yeah, and it, what, what's the song? Well, it's Turn Me Loose. I'll play a little snippet over here. Oh fuck yeah! Oh, excuse they, me. That's okay. We yeah. can swear on that. <laughs> I just totally recognize that. It's it's a slightly. That's when they're like dancing all stupid out yeah. there. Yeah. 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 And you know, and they've got all the he's got all the voices going here, so it's it's definitely yeah. different than it's not as straightforward as like Otis Redding's cover would have been, yeah. which was fantastic, of course, too. But but you can hear that thing, and um, but I think that's more the kind of rhythm stuff he was doing then he wasn't doing the really complex yeah complex rhythms that came later um so it was a little more straightforward a little more poppy that's i'm i'm, I'm struggling right here now uh, trying to imagine otis redding doing that <laughs> uh he, he didn't do that yeah <laughs> um any facility that i would yeah, struggle with yeah <laughs> Um, I got the dock in the bay in my head. I, I'm not going to go to Otis Redding right now because because <laughs> we we can't get off tangent here every time. We, <laughs> but I mean, I think the point is, I mean, he um, <laughs> they, they weren't doing anything too complicated then. I mean, here's another one, Underdog, which I think was one of my favorites. Off this, this is this also from the whole this new from thing? whole new thing? Yeah, their their first album. I really like this one, but it's uh, and it shows hints of what was to come. Yeah. I mean, musically, they got the horns, obviously. Horns are always a big thing, and great use of horns throughout. Great use of horns, yeah, man. That's fantastic. That is a fact. Yeah. yeah. all of their... And, of course, that that goes back to James Brown, too. I mean, James Perhaps, Brown yeah, had right? the whole the, the horn section, too. And it's a pretty intense song. You know, it's not like they were all poppy song by any means but and that's why I think I like this one so much from this song because it sounds to me more like a Sly Stone song and uh, I'm trying to find a trip to your heart I think that might what, be what, the, what that song that you just played does characterize and, and and one of the things that really captured me about Sly and the Stone Sly and the Stone is through, through all of their music is they were so tight the whole oh, time, yeah. yeah, you know, the the uh, all of the musicians, uh, the timing was, was impeccable, and and they pulled off all of their music. It, it captured the moment and, and and did such a great job of presenting what what they wanted to play. His vision. He started out as a DJ. I, I think. He yeah, probably yeah. read that somewhere yeah, too, and he. Uh, uh, I think that he probably made a lot of connections doing that too. Good musically. bet. I, I, good bet. I don't know this for a fact, I didn't, but I I would assume. I would have loved to hear him as a DJ, actually, because I can imagine him being oh, very, very interesting you know, to listen to. He's, all, we, all we hear now is, is his, his music voice when he's singing, yeah. or whatever he's doing, you know? <laughs> but, you know, to hear his actual voice. But that, I can imagine him being very yeah. entertaining, yeah, just like, 
fast talking yeah. and, and just like so so that, that yeah, that's an aside right there one one uh, very uh, interesting point that I, I came across musically is um thank you for for, for let me be be myself uh, on that song there was a uh, a technique of slapping slapping the bass uh, Larry Graham was, was the bass player on that yeah, yeah. And and he developed that. You know, they didn't have a drum, uh, drum player. Did he invent for the, slap, that song. the slap bass? My, my friend, uh, Sly Stone's bass player, Larry yeah, Graham, invented yeah. slapping. That's amazing. Of the bass. Yeah. That, that well, yeah. I mean, I can't think of an earlier song bum, bum, burp, that burp. has that sound, but that yeah. became such a, you know, just a cliched uh, sound essentially in, yeah, in, in right? funk music and. In the seventies, and, and 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 these are the guys that that, that uh, created that and yeah. uh, submitted that to the to the rest of us to use and listen to and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So without them, there wouldn't have been any uh, play that funky music, white boy. Yeah. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to hear that song now. <laughs> Actually, that's a that I mean that's an example of a song that was like a straight lift from Sly's sound. I mean, his it totally that is, is such totally a is. such a. a uh, yeah, I could say rip off. I, I love the song. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just so great and cheesy. And it, it surprised me to hear that it wasn't Sly. I, I know it wasn't, but right. uh, it was actually a bunch of white guys. Yeah, and uh, but but it totally sounds like their style, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. It's 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 just completely. Uh, it's, they they basically just stole their sound and and you know, basically there there was a, actually you know that I'm, I'm hopping around here on the the discography, but the end of their I'm trying to imagine this. You're like jumping from record to record as a spin around. I'm hopping off of the record yeah. onto another record. You got to run really fast. Like the thing I found about um, what was the last one? Ain't uh, ain't nothing but a what's what's the last album? Ain't nothing called? but the real thing. Ain't nothing but the real thing. Yeah, the one the ones that I wasn't so very familiar with at all. Uh, I found that those were kind of like less Sly and the Family Stone albums as like really good imitators of Sly and the Family Stone. And like it was the kind of album that somebody who's heavily influenced by Sly would have been like really happy to call their own. Yeah. But for Sly, it just was a disappointment because he was capable of so much more, you know. Like so so what what go back, what album are you talking about? The, the last ones, the the the, the yeah. ain't nothing uh, ain't nothing but the real thing. Oh well, yeah, that was his very last one. That was, yeah, that was uh, later in his career that Fifteen years into his well, that was eighty three, I think, right? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, yeah, that, that's that's getting pretty, pretty out there as far as calling it a real Sly and the Family Stone album because yeah. I think by that time there really had been a lot of personnel changes and it really wasn't the same band. Yeah. But but the point is, I mean, I, he's still writing the songs and and they're good for the average group trying to like emulate the whole Sly and the Family Stone thing. But for them, it was just a letdown. So. And there are a few good songs on there. But. You know, I, I, I hear, I, 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 well, I hear, I, I read that also uh, as, as I was going through their anthology about, about his music production and the albums that he had. And they talked about this later period in his life, uh, or in his music life, that is, that uh, he was producing these albums and they had a, a bit of a darker kind of theme to them or a darker sound to them. And as I was listening to them, I, I, I'm not quite sure I agree with that. You know, there, there was as upbeat and funky and and made me want to dance around as much as the as the first albums they put out i i don't if you're thinking of those last albums 
the last, anything in the last three or four. Yeah. That's not what they're talking about. I think I think what you're saying is what started happening around the time of stand. Um, and again, we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but you know, yeah. we, we don't have to do this chronologically. St- stand is the 1969. Yeah, album. yeah, that's when things started. Like you know, as we said, because the the mood in America was changing, and his oh, his tone started getting darker. Saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah. And that was the beginning of that. And uh, there's a riot going on. Was the uh-huh. ultimate culmination of that. It was such a dark. Yeah, album. that was 1971. Right there. That was a super dark album. I mean, that's so funky, but in this like really weird kind of way just like huh. this like heavy dark funk you know it's just like nothing light and upbeat about it I mean Family Affair even that's kind of an upbeat song but that's not if you listen to, I mean it's it's pretty depressing if <laughs> you listen to the lyrics you know and that, that might be my and, failure because uh, you know as I was listening to the music and I was enjoying the sound of it yeah but I wasn't really analyzing the lyrics oh yeah of these things. You, you listen to the lyrics and yeah. next time you hear it and the music is kind of this, you know, galloping little uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of funky and everything, but it's it, I was, I was, it makes it seem like chopping my onions to the beat, man. Yeah. That was awesome. I mean, it's basically about you know just families falling apart. You know, yeah, and, family and, Yeah, and and about abuse and drugs and things like that. And, mm. it's, and um, it's not a happy song, but so I think I think. Given like that, that's one of the lighter sounding songs in that album. It's uh, definitely that, that's what you're referring to. Or, or All right, well, that's that's a twist. And I think I think All what right. happened though after that, well, the, the album after that was fresh, which kind of lightened up a little bit. I think he came out of whatever murk, whatever caused the murk mm-hmm. on that previous album. Um, and it's a fantastic album, also, but it's definitely a little. A little lighter sounding, right. and then the one after that, small talk. Yeah. Although it's definitely not of the same quality musically as the previous ones. I, I mean, there's definitely some great stuff on there, and um, there. I think there's just effort on his part to. He just had a baby, and I think he had just gotten married. Was that right? I'm not sure they were married, and don't don't quote me on that. Right. But he just had a baby in the front. The cover is him and his girlfriend slash wife, and their baby. And the first song on the album is the baby, like, complaining, <laughs> babbling. Do, do you remember this? I should find that too. Yeah, um, let's hear it. But basically, they um, his his I think his outlook. Uh, I think he was enjoying fatherhood to some degree. I think he was still heavily into yeah, drugs, but I think he was. My 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 take on it is that he was maybe hoping that this would be a way to turn things around uh, to some degree. Because I think, uh, I, I don't know if it was wishful thinking or he really felt that way or whatever. He the, A lot of the songs are actually pretty upbeat. They're, probably, they're very family oriented and um, and he sounds happier. I don't know. He just, um, but unfortunately, it, his drug problem got worse after that. Yeah. And well, well, didn't you say a moment ago, maybe it was when we were on our, on our break a little while ago, that... Uh... Small Talk was probably one of his lesser performing albums. Uh, you mean like uh, review wise, or, or yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, certainly some some reviewers gave it pretty bad reviews. We were reading that uh, Robert Christgau. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, he uh, didn't have thing. much he, good to he say. He gave it a C, all. which yeah. you know it could be worse. So yeah. even he didn't hate it, but 
Uh, he did not have a lot of good to say about it, but I, I would personally give it a B at least. Yeah, maybe even a B right. plus. I, I, like I said, that loose booty on there alone, that that is <laughs> such a fantastic song. That um, you know, the the, top, the the name of the song alone is yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, is worth a point or two. You know, in in the in the seventies, you know, this is uh, probably during his his period when uh, uh, he was having issues with drugs. He he got a, a pretty bad rap among. Venues that would try and were trying to like uh, let him play his music, and he would show up late, leave early, or not show up at all, and mm-hmm. and, and, and uh, oftentimes he'd show up. In right. The, well, like, his unpredictability due to the drugs. I think. Yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. And so I. So it really really damaged his reputation. I, th- I think that affected his music too. I mean, I think his. Um, probably so. Yeah. Probably I, so. I think he he's having a harder time in the studio, keeping things together, and. In, in 1975, he was going to be well. Actually, he actually uh, was uh, at Radio City Music Hall and uh, given a performance there. And it was a, it was the same thing that happened over and over again. Was that he'd show up late and mm-hmm. and uh, evidently he was uh, affected by whatever intoxicants he'd been taking and yeah and left early and and uh, it was it was a pretty bad show. So it was it was they they characterize uh, that as part of if not the moment uh, when he started having this kind of like drop down and yeah yeah a beginning of the end beginning yeah. of the end yeah thank you yeah that's what I'm looking for <laughs> yeah I mean and, and uh, I, th- I think things kind of fell apart as far as him being able to really maintain his quality output his his being as creative as he had been previously and I, I think he he was able to pull out good good tunes he could still write a good song you know, when he, when he wanted to, but it wasn't quite the groundbreaking kind of stuff that he had done earlier. Well, well nonetheless, um, even, even, even that, that was 1975 that I'm talking about. Right. Uh, but he had three more albums that came out after that, which, you know, I was listening to him today, and no, yeah, that's what I was referring to today. That was Dancer in the bad. Kitchen. No, I was to no, there's a lot of good songs yeah. on those. And, and like I said, I mean, I think, generally speaking, they're not bad albums. They're just not great Sly and the Family Stone albums. Yeah, you know, perhaps, I think, right? I think it's all kind of relative. It's, like the song, uh, maybe not a great comparison, but like the you know, do you remember that they they put out a couple of Beatles songs long after John Lennon had died? Free as a bird, does that ring a bell? No. Yeah, it was it was even in the top forty. It it, it was basically a, a demo that John Lennon had recorded, and then the other Beatles all recorded parts on it, and um, Jeff Lynne from ELO did the producing. Um, and it was a hit, and it was a perfectly okay song, you know, mainly because John wrote it, and it was a pretty good melody. But to call it, I mean, and so for any band, any other band, it might have been a, a good song, you know. But for the Beatles, <laughs> for to call it a Beatles song was oh, I see a stretch. It was yeah. a, it was a real disappointment. I mean, by any, by any other milestone compared to the... compared to anything else the Beatles had done, really. So I, it, that's I guess my point is just a similar maybe not quite as drastic a drop but for this stuff but um it was enjoyable danceable stuff but not really for me it didn't move me yeah. as much as some of their his earlier stuff cause, you know that, that's a good point as much as i enjoyed the the music that i was listening to of those yeah. last three albums i i also recognized that it yeah. wasn't quite the powerful message or right. exactly or yeah. emphasis on the, the the musicality of it right like there's that some... i'd listened to earlier in the in the other albums yeah. Yeah, there's some of the songs from those earlier albums, the classic albums that, that, that like, blow they, you away. Man. Yeah, they, yeah. I mean, they just like 
send a, a chill through me. They're so good. Hell you know? yeah, like, they, they, Hell the yeah. impact they make is pretty amazing. Um, uh, this is not one of them, but uh, just <laughs> we were talking about the, the baby sounds and small talk, and right. this is how he starts the album. So this is really kind of an indication of how he, the frame of mind he was in. Baby crying there. Uh-huh. And this goes on for a while. And I actually, I appreciate the idea. And like Stevie Wonder did it too with like, uh, Isn't She Lovely? There's the babies talking in the bathtub. And that's really his own baby and his wife, oh, that's Serena, cool. right? I think. Um, Serena. Um, but, but that baby sounded happy. I think choosing a baby that's crying for your song. Not the best choice. <laughs> I I find this song hard to listen to because it makes me kind of stressed, especially yeah. as a parent. Yeah. Which I am. I am a parent, folks. Uh, not of young kids anymore, but. Uh, but you you contended at some point in your life that crying sound crying. stresses me out. That that's the like <laughs> that's the kind of cry where you want to make the baby like calm down. And, that baby just sounds like cranky right now, and that's not really what I want to hear in a song. Uh, Sly's yeah. trying to be cute there, you know, yeah. in his singing and stuff. And this, this, it's kind of a little poppy little. You know, I, I am not a parent. How does that make still you feel? distresses me though? I, I can what I am I'm imagining is like a diaper full of crap. Is what I'm thinking <laughs> of right now. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly. the sound that would be. Right, right. He's, like, he's not. He just woke up. He's got. He's got really wet diaper. He's hungry. Wet nothing, man. It's like there's well, stuff yeah. in there. Okay, it smells. It stinks. That's the sound I would make if my yeah, if I woke okay. up that way. Uh, moving along. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, this album has loose booty on it to make up for this other song. Okay. So this is like one of the few songs of his I really didn't enjoy listening to, and like the rest of it, he took the baby out. The rest of it's just a little repeating riff with him right. saying small talk. So really, there isn't even that much to it anyway to redeem it. I mean, it's a throwaway song, really. But to introduce Ooh, a whole a throwaway song is like fill fill a gap in the record. It's like filler, or yeah, it's right. like filler music. You know, right. a lot of bands have that. I mean, bands who don't have a full album's worth of great stuff you know put filler and I mean there are different levels of filler you know. sure Beatles filler is far better than most bands regular stuff you know, or best you stuff know, when Led Zeppelin put the Stairway to Heaven on that album oh yeah that was just filler yeah All right. <laughs> it wasn't like the centerpiece of the album or anything no no um, anyway uh, so that song is just basically a toss off and really not the way I'd want to introduce a whole album it's like you want to get your listener into a good. That wasn't the first. That's the first. That was the first that. track. Oh, wow! It's the name of the album too. Small talk and. Oh, I don't know. I think that was a portrait. Well, he he made that a misguided very clearly. It was a misguided Yeah. He, he did just have a new baby. Yeah. No, I I, I kind of get what he was going for a little bit, but I just <laughs> I think somebody should tell them how about a happy baby. <laughs> happy. Baby. Let's at least use that. That's yeah. it. Um, anyway, well, I want to get back to uh, some of his earlier albums. If we, <laughs> like, we did talk slightly about a whole new thing, and, and there's not that much I want to say about that because it's it's a good album, but it's not great. It doesn't really have any classic stuff on it, as far as I'm concerned. But so his second album uh, was oh my god, I Dance to the Music. 
Dance to the music. Dance to the music. That was where they started to really come into their the beginnings of their sound. I, and they have some fantastic songs in there. But it's, well, dance to the music being dance to the music yeah. is such a great song. It's just it totally is a great song. That that's I think that's really where they they kind of gel that whole like multi voice. Would you Would you mind yeah, that, I will. Like, but uh, out some of that? Here it comes. Um, and, yeah, and her, her I, I, I wish I knew all the different the names of all each of the different ones I'm not sure if that's Rose you say it. I love her voice she's like yeah. this is like it's almost humorous but it's more just like she's just like so just into what she's doing and and, and this, and this right whole thing here. yeah that, that's what I mean this, so this whole this whole track I think just really brings together that whole thing he's going for with the multiple voices and, and just because they, they switch well if you listen he'll take like the first oh no he doesn't even take the first one but every couple lines are sung by a different person yeah it is different voices throughout there yeah, yeah. and you don't mm-hmm. hear that that much like yeah. in the 60s or any time really it's Typically one, maybe two singers, but he's got like four or five people alternating vocals here, yeah. and it just works, you know. It's just and you got this great instrumental fills. It's such a I don't know, say hodgepodge. That sounds too random, but like it's just you know, it's like the stew. I'd go with hodgepodge. Yeah. The point being, it's just like it keeps throwing different things at you, and and it all works. You know, it's, it's such a it's such a great song. And I think it was their first huge hit too. Was, the song right? I think so. I, I, uh, that's him there, and his voice. I just love his voice. It's, 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 so it's got this rough edge to it. Uh-huh. We were talking about there earlier, almost a yeah. little bit hoarse a lot of the time, but it's just so, so soulful, and just you know, he's just got so much. I'm digging passion it. behind it. And then the horns, it's amazing. So then we get this next song. Higher, which is not the fel- the well-known "I Want to Take You Higher," but I think different song, yeah. But he took this song, and I think my my theory. I, I all right, this song. all right, let's hear. It. Uh, I'm gonna pause this because we don't need to hear that. But my theory is he took that. He was like he liked the idea. He basically says, "I want to take you higher" in there. But I think he came back to it again as a whole new song because he he didn't feel like he had really achieved what he wanted to with that idea. So I think that's why he redid it as hmm. "I Want to Take You Higher," which was an amazing song. So what what and, what leads you to, to well here to let's think that? let's let's get to the chorus here. Do you, do, do, do you feel some unrequented uh, <laughs> unrequited thank you that yeah. <laughs> unrequented also yes. <laughs> what exactly does that mean <laughs> I'm making up words yes uh, well yeah let's, let's get to the chorus here but I mean I just the melody is completely different yeah yeah um, so it's not like he was I, trying to I rewrite the question, song yeah. but I think lyrically see yeah yeah there's some similarities there Take you higher, take you know. I mean, yeah. there's it's not a coincidence, uh, you know. And and so I'd like to hear the other the other uh, song now. Oh well, yes, I will get because that that, that one's just higher. That's just higher. Yeah, I want to take you um, higher. Yeah, and then the other the next one I want to take you higher. I think was on Life, the next album. Oh, actually, I think it was on Stand. 
We'll get back to life in a moment here, but now this. Yeah. Okay. All right. This is another awesome. familiar tune with these guys. <laughs> <laughs> is and this another. They do this again. They do that. They trade off the vocals, and and it just, yeah, it's such that. a good conglomeration of vocals. I think it's just made, it made them so unique and. and it's it's you can't deny this. This is just like this, the power of that music too. It's like this driving. So I, I wonder when they were playing higher, that he had the idea for this song right here and, and recognized it. It needed to be a different song and, uh, and, and move with it. He obviously liked the idea of totally man, right? telling the people he wanted to take them higher. And I don't think he meant <laughs> drugs. He, he wasn't yeah. getting them higher. He was yeah. he wanted to bring them to a higher. Level, I mean, there's part of it's the civil rights thing, you know, yeah. like that kind of thing is tied into it, I think. And it's also uplifting people, that whole concept of the 60s, you know. Yeah, that, yeah higher in terms talk, of uh, about music. consciousness or and joy. Music, yeah, yeah, and whatever, being elevated you know. by music. Yeah. And this song is just so powerful. I Hell know, yeah, so, man. Yeah. And, so, that, and that's what I found throughout all of this listening right here is there's so many of their songs that uh, are, are are genuinely uplifting. Yeah. I, yeah. I felt great listening to them. Exactly. As much as, as much as the song right. could influence right. me. Oh, I, I agree. I mean, I think that's what made them so popular at the time. They were huge. I mean, because yeah. people felt good hearing their stuff. And, yeah, man. Um, and why not listen to more of them, for sure. Yeah. And I think, uh, to get back, step back an album here, though, I think um, it was a life. Mm -hmm. I, I, for me, it, it was a, it's a good album, it has some really good songs in it, but uh, it, it has this uh, bit of a psychedelic twist to it. They were hmm. kind of a psychedelic rock twist in some ways that, uh, for me, it didn't always work as well, I think. Um, can can well, you produce I'm a song that exemplifies out. what you're talking about? Uh, let's see here. Let's see, uh, let's see what the first song here, Dynamite, might have something. Yeah, like this. It sounds like it sounds like a rock band, and and they were. I mean, they were a med, a, for, for that an era, amalgamation yeah. of rock and funk and everything. So I mean, that's not it's not that. But this song, but they kind of leaned a little more toward the like distorted fuzz guitars yeah. and things like that, and exploring the boundaries, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're pushing it out a bit, you know, and. I think this one came out in, what, 68? Do you have the years all written down Yeah, there? 68. 68, yeah. So that's pretty much the you know, in the height of the psychedelic era, you know, 66 to 68 or so. Um, and I think a lot of that influenced him, too, there. And maybe he was starting to get into a little more drug influence to be, you know, stereotypical of the old psychedelic. You know, he, he was seeing some, uh, some success, so, you know, in that era, you know, yeah. as soon as success showed up, Drugs were soon after, so. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I'm not. I don't think at this point it was doing anything to. Uh, certainly, wasn't affecting the music negatively because it was only getting yeah. better and better all the time. Oh hell yeah. Um, but there's like this next song. This song is so silly. I think chicken. It's it's not. This is not high quality slice down, if you ask me. But. Um, yeah, let's, let's take a listen to it. <laughs> I mean, 
you know, I mean, not a bad song. It's got a good groove, everything, to, as you might expect, but it's it's just kind of a lot silly. I think I might it's disagree like, with your statement right there. Do you love that? Are you, are you, you said it? it's not a bad song. It's not kind of like oh. a bad song. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, I mean, I, the instrumentation sounded pretty good. The, yeah, the rest yeah. of it, well, yeah, I, I definitely would not be high on my list of great songs. But, oh, <laughs> I just realized that we're... On this album, we find another song that was sampled for a big hit in the eight, uh, 90s. I, I don't, I'm going to quiz you, but I don't think you're going to get this. I'm, I'm just guessing you don't know the song. You know. All right. Let me, let me take a stab at this. Our fans out there will automatically recognize that part right there. No, man. Okay, na- now, now, listen to that again. Okay, now, this song here uh, is called Weapon of Choice by Fatboy Slim. Oh, yeah. But he keeps it going at a higher speed, whereas they, they do that and they drop yeah, down they drop the down. slow thing. And they come back to that sound one more time in the song, or yeah. at least one more time. And the weird thing for me is how um, in their song it just it, it promises this really like, exciting song, but then it's just like... Right at the beginning. But then again, the song is called uh, Into My Own Thing. Which kind of makes you think maybe saying, look, you know, you might have wanted this song, but I'm into the song I wanted. Yeah, that right might be reading more into it, man. I don't know. I'm into my own thing. Why, why would you get people so excited with this? And then like, boom, 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 boom. I don't know. Here it is again. See, <laughs> see Fatboy Slim knew what a good riff that was. And I'm not saying Sly couldn't have identified that too, but I'm just saying... Well, Sly created it. Yes, exactly. Uh, my point is that that song wasn't super exciting to me uh, either. Um, Until so, Fatboy Slim got a hold of it. Right. Yeah. But I, I found life overall uh, good, but but not not like stunningly good. Not not really what he would later achieve. And by later, I mean the next album, which was Stand Stand. Exclamation point. Which is an amazing album. It's very inter- interesting, though. I mean, you can see on the cover, there's this whole... Let me see. It has this, like... It just feels more intense. It's just looking intense at that cover, movie. yeah. The the, pre- the previous couple albums look kind of... You see the whole group, and they all look like they're having kind of a good time. But here, they're like... They're on stage, and they're like... Well, just the name of the album also. You know, Stan. Stan. Right. It's like... And given the the, yeah. the, the times, the right. civil rights movement, nineteen sixty nine, it yeah. definitely has more meaning to it than just "Hey, stand yeah. up," you know. And that song is such a fantastic song too. Well, everyday people is on there. Yes, there's an amazing song. But this song I find so so powerful. Yeah. I mean, because he's telling you. No matter what you are, who you are, you stand up and be proud. You know, just do. You know, don't don't, don't you know, hesitate to be yourself. You know? you know, this song did make my ten essentials, but it, I think it should be. Oh my god, uh, this is a great song. This is this is class. This is one of the first songs I think of when I think about. It, that, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, m- melodically, 
it doesn't sell too well. But the uh, the message uh, but, is really good. But it changes. I mean, there's like here. Yeah, okay. Right, right. And, and then it, it gets to this part. Well, it, right now, it'll go back to that verse. And see, that's one thing I love about Sly is like his songs, his messages were like so empowering for yourself. It was like he, he wanted to build community, but he also mm-hmm. was telling people, you know. Be yourself, be proud of it, and I mean it's a super all-inclusive kind of thing. It's just, just you know, don't let the man get you down. You know, basically. And well, you you and, had made a comment earlier before we were recording that uh, his his persona, his character, was actually a, a pretty decent guy. Yeah, he was a good guy, and I I, I yeah, I'm sure he wasn't perfect, but yeah, he, he doesn't he he aside from his drug issues. He is not really known for being like a terrible person. I mean, you've got, unfortunately, people know a lot about James Brown, for example, who was an amazing artist. But as a human being, he didn't always, you know. I mean, not, not the kindest of people, perhaps. Yeah, he, he made some really bad decisions. Let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah, right. and and as far as treating people. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And, and, and and as far as I know, Sly was not like that yeah. you know? and, and, and uh, his persona his 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 musical well, this is the part I was talking about by the way this is this, this oh, song suddenly change changes well, yeah, yeah. and this becomes really I love that horn picks too. up quite a lot um, but his his whole thing his whole like he lived I think he lived what he sang about too I think he truly believed it wasn't just like doing it because that hmm. was like the thing to do or it was going to sell of records you know I think he that's kind of what he tried to live by too as far as I know but again I didn't know him personally but I, I just uh, from what I understand he was, he was not a bad guy at all um, well that, that you know hear, hearing that and uh, c- comparing that to what my original judgment was it, oh. it makes me appreciate his music so much more really yeah 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 well I, I think he he really, we really did want a better, better world for people. Yeah, you know? yeah that's cool. Yeah, that's very cool. Not to be too cynical, but I think there are a lot of artists who have performed songs like that, but they may not believe it as much as just thinking that's going to sell me some records. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to make some cash off yeah. this. Yeah, and I think he was actually trying to achieve something. He, you know, he lived it. He, yeah. he was trying to like, get people to be better to each other and try to accept each other more you know is it, is it you know and uh, I know you yeah, want to get to something yeah, right no, there right, but I'm kind of curious right. you know that that characteristic of of having that uh, idea in mind of, of a utopian society perhaps mm-hmm. or, or or at least these characteristics of society that, that he envisioned and he sings about it and he wants to like send that message out there you know I don't know if we really see that a whole lot in, in today's music yeah yeah, and and perhaps and, we didn't even see it a bunch then, and he's the one of the few examples of that happening back then. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, I think you know, I, you know there's always there are always people trying to uh, promote that idea in their music. You know, like I think like Bono and and U two, great example. They, they're, good point. Yep. You know, they're 
they're similarly in some ways trying to look toward a better world, you know? And plant the idea. Right, right. But I don't know that, yeah, there aren't, there aren't a huge number of bands that do that successfully, uh, at least not on the big grand scale. Like, I mean, there may be a lot of smaller bands that do that, but you just don't, they don't have the platform right. to like, to get that across with, you know, but. Um, so yeah, the next song I was going to get to is one we talked about earlier that uh, it's the probably the most controversial song title of his. <laughs> um, Don't call me N word, comma Whitey. It, it, on the album, it's actually spelled out, you know, and it's. Uh, it, it, I don't think it was done to um, just to make things controversial, but I think it was part of his getting more more political, and so I think. Well, let's well, play the what, two. What year did that come out? This was '68, right? No, '69. Stand was '69. Yeah. It, was, it was on. 60, it was on yeah. Stand. Yeah, on the Stand. So, um, second song on the album. So he wasn't trying to bury it in the yeah. album. It was like right there. Um, and, but if you listen to it, and we won't listen to the whole song, but just those two songs, two two lines. He, it's all he sings are those two lines. <laughs> yeah. And he has this other weird sound in between which I think is him singing through a harmonica huh. um, and he does that on this song and another song on the album called Sex Machine which is a somewhat unlistenable 11 minute song <laughs> unlistenable I, I, I don't appreciate it I, I yeah. you know it's interesting but it's not a fun song to listen to so let's play Don't Call Me Blank Whitey right and they switches it too. That's the thing. The two lines in the song are that, yeah, and then he reverses it, yeah. it. So, so here's that sound. I was talking well, it's about. a conversation. Yeah. Whitey. So that's all he does. He sings those two lines, repeats them a couple times, and then he goes back to that harmonica sound. This. Is it this? Oh. Oh, actually, I take it back. There, I, I forgot there was a little more. Well, she sings this, but I don't think that comes up again throughout the song. I think after she does this, it's just repeating. But, but the point of the song, as far the, the way I understand it, is again, it's actually like a call to like stop mm -hmm. uh, racial stereotyping and um, in both directions. And that's why he switches it. I think he's yeah, yeah, I agree. He's not I just agree. saying you know. Hey, white people stuff. Yeah. Um, I think he recognizes that it works both ways sometimes, and uh, and I think he's just trying to get people to like realize the the power of name calling in that way, you know. And uh, well, well, just those lyrics, you know. It, uh, as I was listening to uh, all all of their music, I, I certainly appreciated their talent, you know, because man, they got a lot going on. Yeah. Uh, but then when he busts out with this song, and there's a couple, maybe maybe there's a couple of the songs that uh, struck me the same way, but that he busted out and said, "Don't call me this," yeah, you know, and, and it was clearly, blatantly, you know, a statement, yeah, and, and I really dug that about him that he was like putting himself out there and taking yeah. and taking and, and willing to take the heat for for that. You know, right. I really admire and, that about him, and maybe that's why he didn't couch it so much in like super funky beats for that one i mean it's, it's a bit more of a, it out there he man. just wants you to focus on the yeah the idea he's trying to get across there yeah. and, 
And you know, and, and he had the position. You know, what is this? Is a third, fourth album, and uh, yeah, he was starting. To get he, had, he he had the right. He had the ears of the exactly. The public, yeah. and, and, was, and you know, if, if he didn't like it, on. you know, he's, there was still going to be enough people that stuck around, right. and it didn't have to worry about that. So right. He was right. willing he to take that risk. I, I, I bet really he like lost that. a few fans along the sure, way, because, but he also probably yeah. gained some people too. Yeah. Maybe and, not just because of that song, but he was. And and you know, if I may count myself among them, you know. You gotta respect that kind yeah, of yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, not afraid to take that kind of a stance and put himself out there mm-hmm. and just and, and just spit it out there, just say it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's cool. You know, just saying it in an interview is not going to have the same effect as putting it on the record yeah. and having people listen to. It. And like they get pulled in by Stan, which is this really fantastic sing along kind of song. And then he doesn't waste any time after that going right for the the jugular, so to speak. You know, saying. Okay, here's a. Now that you've <laughs> had that right. fun song so to listen to, Stan is the first song. Stan kind of and lulls him into song. thinking, "Hey, yeah. fun stuff." I mean, and he's like, that, that a powerful message too. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, but this, this like, you know, bam. Uh, and then, but then, I think there's a point to this. I want to take you higher is next, and so he's saying it's a third song it's a third song so he goes stand for yourself and then he says don't go call other people nasty names and put them down and now now that I've gotten that PSA out I'm going to now take you higher the the public service service announcement announcement. yes and this is just an amazing song as we already discussed but um, well, you listen to the first three songs, and you know, then you're yeah. ready for another beer. And, yeah. Now, but but wait, this 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 album, I just have to keep going here. Sing a simple song is the next song, and I, this one, I think it's on the greatest hits album. But for for a, t- a song with the title "Sing a Simple Song," it is not as light as I would imply. I mean, do do you know this uh, is no, no, Bell no. of Hand? You probably will recognize yeah. it. When you, it is super powerful. I think. That, This one I think just really hits hard. I think it's just like there's, there's something really potent about this song. And I'm not sure if there's a, a huge message to it, but it sure feels like there is though. No, I'm not, I'm not feeling got the, that. the kick as much as you are describing. No? No. Bass. It's just like, I'm digging it, though. Not, not saying I'm not digging it. But it's like, get this intensity to it. That it just And then we have Everyday People, which, amazing song. Yeah, Everybody knows great this song, team, right? Man, yeah. I mean, talk about uplifting and wanting the world to be a better place. This is, yeah, this is the song. You know, I looked at the lyrics on this song the other day, and, uh... It works just There's as well. Such an amazing message right there. Yeah, it works just as well. Red on right paper. this moment. Yeah. Well, yes, that too. Yes, this song right now, in the times we're living in. Yeah. I want to do this karaoke. If I could pull that part off, I would do a karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you have to let me know when yeah. you do that. That's it. <laughs> You're gonna be out of town. 
so that's just an amazing album. Well, you know, you, you were so fond of Stand, uh, and then and but I'm recalling it what you said earlier that uh, there's a riot going on as your favorite album, which is the next album. So there's kind of like a, a period yeah. between uh, 1969, which is when Stand came out, and 1971. There's a riot going on that uh, they they must have been like in one of their periods of total music genius period you know, when, they, when they were like able to like really well, pull things together and produce some really wonderful yeah, stuff yeah well they uh yeah the two years probably uh, probably a lot of touring because it's a good bet yeah 69 was when Woodstock happened and he had a pretty famous they had a pretty famous uh appearance at Woodstock it was yeah. great it was really good I listened to it and it's like a half hour long and really good musicianship and clear sounding and yeah. I, I don't know how it sounded to the, what, what the masses of Woodstock. What, what songs did they play on that? Do you, do you recall? I think they mostly did like the big hits at that point yeah. for them. I think they did. Well, I think Stand. Uh, I don't know if the album came out before or after, just a little after Woodstock, but they were playing some of the songs from Stand, like I Want to Take You Higher and, and Stand. Uh, they may have done Everyday People, but they also danced the music, I mm-hmm. think. You know? So they did a lot of their hits, and a lot of them were very appropriate for the whole Woodstock vibe. You know? Yeah, no like doubt. Everyday no People doubt. would be. You know? you know, and they certainly fit in there quite well, I thought. So, so but they probably toured a lot, but they also, I, I don't know how long it took them to record uh, this riot going on, but I think something was happening in Sly's head at that time and I don't know if it's just drugs not certainly wasn't just drugs but I think he I think there was some kind of a letdown from the 60s the promise of the 60s and all that you know Mm -hmm. I think it started it started hitting him after the the assassination of Martin Luther King Mm -hmm. but I think in the early 70s it was pretty clear you know you had Kent State and things like that and things were Looking a little grim in the early seventies. Yeah, yeah I, can, um, I can sympathize with that. Here in nineteen, exactly. Or I, no, I'm sorry, two thousand. Yeah. There should be some great music coming out any day now. Right. Because, uh, <laughs> I'm sure there already is. Yeah. But I mean, I think I think what we're dealing with now is probably going to inspire a lot of great albums. <laughs> Something changed though, because the album "There's a Riot Going On" is such a different sound. It's this like weird, thick, syrupy song, uh, like. Just I don't know how to describe it. Really, it's grungy, mm-hmm. grungy, and the grunge rock kind of thing. But like, the, well, you know, we we have at our disposal here, we, the opportunity can, to do like a exactly here, let's, tune. let's put a little bit on here. I have in my notes here something about a drum machine. Uh, that they used a drum machine? I don't know. I am not sure about that. They, there may be some, but that I'm digging this. Man. So. Thick. It just—it feels like you yeah, can yeah, yeah, cut yeah. it with a knife, yeah, yeah. It's like, and it's murky, but in a really cool way. It's, you know, I think it's that bass back there. Yeah, that the bass, bass is really sort of filling fill, in all the space. Exactly, yeah. it just fills in all the space. It's like the Phil Spector wall of sound if it was only bass filling in all the space. Um, but here's an interesting, well, to me anyway. Uh, my first experience with this album was maybe in high school. I I, I picked up this cassette, uh, actual cassette tape of this album, and I don't remember if I got it like cheap at some Kmart or if it was. I don't think it was used, but uh, I got the cassette of this, and I, when I first played it, I thought something was wrong with the cassette. I thought it was like playing too slowly, or if it's just like really poor quality, uh, like the like it lost some of the 
And we're talking about the album uh, There's a Rag Going On. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and based on what I had known about Sly and the Family Stone from the radio, it certainly didn't sound like anything else of theirs. But I listened to it and it was really like, this may sound weird, but man, this is really interesting stuff. And uh, like the next song here, Just Like a Baby, coming along any second. Here we go. Okay, you've got this really slow. Bye, but it's a great I dig this man yeah and you gotta imagine there's a lot of pot being smoked during the recording of this album like you can't play this slowly <laughs> I don't know yeah of course you could but I mean you know, it just <laughs> it probably helps like Doug being stoned listening to this album I've never tried it but uh, I, I imagine it's probably a really good stoner album because it's got a lot of stuff like this where it's just like slow and then his vocals have this weird, like... He's different like, here. Different, like, distant... Like, they cut through. They're not quite as murky as the rest of the stuff. And so it's really intentional, you know? It's not like they just didn't have good equipment that this particular album or something. You know, he was going for something, and, and, it, and it works. I'm not sure. So does, it, does this uh, carry throughout the album? Yeah, does, I mean... Does... Approach to the songs. Yeah, it's so like the next song, Poet. Let's see, I'm just going to skip through a few here. And, uh... But you can just feel the slow, no, dense. No kidding, you're right. You're kind right. Of, uh, it's, like, it's almost like every song you're trying to wade through this really like molasses. You know, like you're in a room. Just... That's the way I picture it. <laughs> Certainly by comparison to the earlier yeah. stuff. It's richer. There's something... Well, rich about it, this, there I is. I mean, it's it's more. It may be thicker, but it's also more like, intimate somehow. It's like you feel like it's yeah. being performed in a small room, like a basement room or yeah. something. And whereas his other stuff was like concert halls, you know, big, you know, lots of people watching them perform. Yeah. Here, it's like there's just a handful of people sitting together in a room and just playing some. Well, well, something some, that that is different that I recognize about this is earlier, you know, that it was all. You know, the beat was well, like Well, yeah, he slows it down. This is, this is more like, you know, a contemporary who's to have a conversation, you know, at this yeah. rate of speed, you know. Right. You know well, this, and this is more communication level. Yeah, I mean, he's almost like just talking speed here. Yeah, yeah, exactly, singing, so exactly. you, And I can't say that I've analyzed every song here lyrically, but, uh, but there's definitely some themes of... Like well, the family family fair, which is coming up next. That's mm-hmm. How convenient! That certainly has this. I think we were talking about that earlier before we recorded that. This has a lighter sound to it, a little more bouncy. Yeah. But it's still that murky kind of. It is. It is. You're right. And and her singing sounds like it's behind, you know, behind a wall or something almost. And but his it's. Family Fair sounds like, oh, this is a really happy song, but, you know, if you listen to it, one child grows up to be somebody who loves to learn. Oh, wow. Yeah, and It's a family affair. 
So I think like throughout he's like talking about how like people can be in different like same circumstances turn out differently. Some can have like super problematic lives, but like you know when it comes to family. Well, I mean, actually, that verse was about the mother loving both sons, no matter what they were mm-hmm. like. But I think the later verses talk a little bit about how uh, families can also be not so. I, I really like the emphasis on uh, his voice. Yeah. Oh, I love his you know? voice in this. The... And you get you, you you get a sense of it throughout much of his other music, but uh, this this song it really brings out the emphasis on. His, his ability to like uh, vocalize yeah it's nice it's very nice right because a lot of the songs from the previous albums don't focus on him singing so much it's like that group yeah singing yeah. things uh, but it's good to hear him it's actually like just him yeah it's an amazing song I just I love it so we're just going to move along here. Like this next song is called Africa Talks to You in parenthetical The Asphalt Jungle. And again, we got this. It's just like... I, I think it's cool that you, you observed the, uh, the, the thickness. Yeah. Well, it's hard to music. miss it, I think. I mean, if you really yeah. just listen to this album straight through and yeah. really paying able to pay attention to it and, and you know in, in comparison to the oh it's so the, different the albums preceding yeah. it you know yeah. this this album is, is quite a bit different it's an, from it's an amazing album and you know a lot of people consider it their best album uh-huh. uh, but it's so different you know it's it's still clearly their sound but like they don't do a lot of that you're not hearing that kind of like taking turns singing yeah tracks, you yeah know? Uh, even on Family Affair, it's mostly him singing with a little, and they do some. They do more like uh, simultaneous, like singing to like where they will sing together for a chorus or something. But mm-hmm. this sounds like a Prince song. Like totally, man. St- stuff like this, you know. Yeah. This is heavily. This kind of stuff heavily influenced Prince, I'm sure. And, It's such a, it's it's a great great song album, but it's sometimes it, I mean if you're not ready for it, it takes a little getting used to it. Now this song is zero seconds long. It's the title track. Now, sorry, I, I actually it, played you, you number six. Zero Here, seconds. Here's number long? six. Here's number six. Okay, that was number six. The the title track, in fact, there's nothing called, that came out of this. No, it's called "There's a Riot Going On," and they actually, in parentheticals, they put "Silent Track." And they don't do that on the album. They just have zero, zero, zero as yeah. the tra- running time for that song, track. And I think there's a message there because the, the whole "There's a Riot Going On." The 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 cover of that album was an American flag, very dark American flag. But if you look, at, like just kind of mm-hmm. somehow much. The stars don't look right. Yeah, so it just looks. So so the album cover is just this ominous thing, and I think "There's a Riot Going On" being the track being no seconds long and not being a track in, at all it's and, somehow, and it's the number six uh, entry somehow, on yeah. the list yeah I don't think the, necessarily the position is anything but it might be the last track on side one yeah I, I'm not really sure what the message is I, I, but it feels somehow important to me <laughs> like, like <laughs> it was like, important to them they did yeah, it yeah well right right I mean you wouldn't have 
So I, I wonder what the what they were trying to communicate with saying, that. Like, there's a riot going on, and I want you to figure it out for yourself. I'm not going to tell you what it is. <laughs> fill in the blank. You fill in the blank. Yeah. You you pay attention to the news, what's going on in our world today, and or, or respond sounds... appropriately. You know, there's here's an empty space. If you fill feel compelled to do something, yeah, exactly, right. <laughs> Jump in there. Right, right as you see fit. Yeah. Let, let me yeah. give you an opportunity. Exactly. I'm digging that. <laughs> uh, so getting back to the songs on this album here. Is, is this, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This song you caught. Okay. Me, song, song number six was. Uh, yeah. There's I'm, a right going. I'm not on. actually going through all of them anymore. I'm, I'm, but, I'm jumping ahead to "You Caught Me Smiling." All right. And I think this is significant. You caught me smiling, as though like there's. I think, given the, the darker themes of this, like, it's like you're catching me being upbeat. Like, I'm not supposed to be happy on this uh, album. Right. And, and this song is kind of a bit of a little reprieve from the, the intensity of some of the other stuff. It's, I guess. Anyway. Maybe a, a, as an album, it, it uh, has some value, but it, just listening to it by itself, it doesn't really... That song doesn't oh, really it, appeal to me a whole lot. Uh, I think, yeah, I think maybe out of the context right now, but I think if you are into the album, if you're listening to the album, all the way through, the album. Yeah. it fits right in. I mean, yeah. it, it's, it definitely doesn't... It, it's a little different and, and than the others. songs are like that, for sure. Yeah. yeah, it's a little more... Melodically, it's a little more like the other these older stuff. Mm-hmm. It's got a bit of a uh, you know, lighter feel to it. Um what I wanted to, oh I know what I wanted to mention is that we we did sort of skip uh, a very significant song of theirs I was just going to mention Hot Fun in the Summertime right. which is such a fantastic song we don't have to play it now it is a way everybody it knows is that a way, way wonderful song and that that is really kind of a it's almost an anomaly in their stuff because it's a it's an upbeat song but it's a much more straightforward pop song than like it's not certainly not a funk song it's it doesn't have that that deep bass groove to mm-hmm. it but it's so catchy and and just uplifting and uh it, it was always one of my favorite songs by them and the other song is well we already talked about thank you for letting me be myself very, both of very those songs, recognizable tunes well both sure. of those songs standing out because they were never actually on uh, any studio albums of theirs. Oh, that's they right, were the singles hits, yeah. and they only appeared on the greatest hits I believe is an album at the time so I guess the only other thing I want to mention before we get to our list is that the, the next album after um, there's a riot going on was Fresh mm-hmm. which to me felt like a little bit of a continuation of that thicker sound but in a recorded in a lighter <laughs> uh, yeah. less molasses but still a little more Intense than the stuff that had come before. How, how about the messages that, that were coming from? Um, you know, I, I felt like it wasn't as dark by any means. Yeah. Um, and it was it was a good couple of years later than. Uh, was it two years after? Yeah, it was, it's nineteen seventy three. Yeah. yeah. Now here's the first track. Let's just quickly look at a couple of these. So it's got that. I like that. That more close up kind of feel to it. I think that was sort of their new thing. And I think even Small Talk is a lot like that, too. It's not as, like, important feeling. So you could easily hear this being on There's a Riot Going On if you had it a little, little 
muddier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This reminds me of the taxi theme a little bit. The taxi theme? The, the show taxi? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Comparison. I, I think I kind of see what you mean. But I, well, that, that, yeah. that type of a yeah, keyboard. Yeah, there's a bit sound. of it. Yeah. I love this song. Yeah, brother. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, like, you still have more of this kind of pretty heavy, hefty bass, but but it's definitely recorded differently. They're still recording with that more close room kind of sound, you know. More. Mm-hmm. They, they've moved away from that big brassy sound. Yeah. Like in fact, the I mean, they're still horns. But but they're they're a little more, more muted, subdued, a little more subdued, maybe. Yeah, there you go. I like this right here. Oh yeah, this is a fantastic song. This was a, I think this was a hit for them actually. This is a great song. Um, let me skip to another one here. Thankful and thoughtful. Oh, dude, I want to hear that song. Oh, sorry. That's such a great tune. <laughs> After we're done, we can play it. All right. All my right. battery's actually running out of my phone here, so I have to... But thankful and thoughtful. This could easily have been on that previous album, too. And, and all this is on a... Fresh. It's on Fresh? Yeah. Sweet. Fresh is a fantastic album. You know, I am going to make did a Did you point. listen to Fresh? I totally did, man, but uh, this is sound, sound fresh to me. Yeah. That's a great. And, and it's yeah. the one with him leaping. Through. It's got a great album cover. Let's get down, dude. Yeah. He's, he's flying. Um, oh, there's just a lot of great stuff on here. This is, I don't know. Quote, uh, parenthetical, parentheticals, satisfaction. I think it may be like an answer song to Can't Get No Satisfaction huh. by. Was that the same era? Yeah. Well, no, it's not. It's no? No. Well, the songs have that I Can't Get No Satisfaction. It's when, 1965. When was... yeah, right so, some of these, like 10 years later, I was. Yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's still. It's kind of a late reply, I suppose. Very late reply. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it took his time getting around. He really wanted to formulate what he wanted to say. <laughs> I, I, he had to think about it a little while. <laughs> I don't know that this has anything to do with the song. Other than Probably not. Channel, but... Highly unlikely. Yeah. And then they, they end this, the album with uh, Babies Making Babies, which certainly, title alone, tells you there's a message here <laughs> about kids having babies yeah. way too young. Um, that's a good song, too. The, the whole album is really pretty fantastic. Almost up to the par overall, I would say. The previous couple of albums. Hmm. Like, those three, I consider those the really three So, uh, Fresh, Fresh, There's a Riot Going On, and Stand. and Stand. Those are the three that, I think those are the essential All three right. albums of theirs. That if you're going to add any albums of theirs to your collection, those are the ones together. All right. All right. I think you could live without the others on either side of those, but those are the three you need to own. Well, without those... You, you can't really you should just say you're, kill yourself no <laughs> don't do that <laughs> uh, you really need to have heard those to really feel like you truly understand them I think and, and to truly appreciate 
them in the height of, of yeah of the their, height of their yeah, right the height yeah, of their talents right. and the, their their yeah the, the, those are the peak of their their amazingness. Hmm. I mean, dance to the music. The the album dance to the music. Yeah, it came out uh, is, yeah, is a couple years before awesome these too. albums. Yeah, I I really think I think life was for me is a little bit of a low lower point. Not a bad album by any means, but just doesn't strike me as as well. But anyway, so what was your top ten? Well, you know, my, my top ten, we, we, we've touched on uh, them quite a lot already, for the most part. Yeah, well, and that, that's but good, because we... Don't call me, you know, in the N-word. That's really in your top ten? Well, it's in my top ten, because I, I think it's such a racially charged song. Yeah. That uh, it, it's kind of, kind of meaningful, and, and, and knowing that, you know, they were dealing with that, it's, it's we, we know that they were dealing with that back then, but it... it uh, it's it's a iconic song in that it brings that emphasis wide open mm-hmm. and it blows it wide open, you know. So I I, I would say that the, uh, in in the anthology of, of these guys or in the oeuvre mm-hmm. of, of these guys, that's a very that's a that's an important song. I think. I well, I would agree with you. I, I it never occurred to me to include that in my top ten essential like like quintessential songs mm-hmm. that we were sort of. Well, if you want to get a taste but, of Sly in the Family, yeah, Stone, I no, think that's a I, I completely yeah. understand that point of view there. I think it's a good choice. Good choice. You know, I'll, I'll come back to a couple of on my list. Or do you yeah. want to go back and forth? You no, no, go no, no, you go ahead. I, I'll, I'll go ahead. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll come back to a couple of the songs on here that we haven't talked about yet. Okay. Uh, but uh, just moving forward to "Thank You for Letting Me Be my, Myself Again," mm-hmm. which "Thank You for Letting Me Be Myself Again" nice is what. Elf. What, what what we uh, hear, <laughs> but uh, the actual words are for let me be mice as in plural mouse plural mouse elf <laughs> again a g i n it is kind of cracks me up. It, but it, it's a it's a great tune so I, I, I included that on there just, I have no idea why they did that I, I yeah. but it's it's funny I just I it is funny it is funny it captures a, kind of their sense of humor and all that stuff. yeah yeah no there's definitely I really loved everyday people. Uh, you know that that song came up a, a little while ago. The the lyrics are uh, really interesting and talk about how, yeah. you know, I don't like you because you're black. I don't like you because you're red. I don't like you because you're white. I don't like you because you're brown. All these things, but uh, but but then Sly comes back and says, "Hey, man, we're just everyday people, you know, or he's everyday people, and right. and so are the rest of we're us. We're all we're all here together. We're just yeah. We do different things, but we're all." Yeah, we look different. We look but, different. You know, we're all really the same. We're all people. Thing, yeah, so I really love the message of that one. Yeah, that was my top ten. Uh, the, there's a couple of the songs on here that I'll, that I'll mention, and you know, we uh, Dave, David and I tried to shoot for a top ten. He uh, had a hard time coming up, or uh, I had a hard time narrowing well, down to ten. It to 10 yeah. and, and and I myself had a hard time coming up with ten. Uh, the, there were a couple songs that made my top ten. Given that they were kind of iconic for that time period, at least in, in, from my perception, and Suke Suke, it's just it's just a classic tune. You know, when when I um, imagine on like a Soul Train or the Midnight Special with uh, Wolfman Jack, oh yeah, the uh, the people dancing out there to to funky music, this is the song that comes to my mind. I, I can see the, the women out there in their like yellow and orange shorts, and the dudes in their like 
<laughs> just a vest and no shirt on, you know, out there. I, I'm, I'm trying to picture what this song Suki's. What album is this on? I don't even you know. Uh, if I if I knew uh, that, you, you, you do that. I'll, I'll I'll find it. And I, and I really dig it because it it was just it's just a fun song, man. And there, and there's a couple other songs that are like this. The the other one is uh, Searching. You sure you're talking about Sign the Family Stone? <laughs> Yeah, man. I'm just kidding. I, I, don't, I don't remember. Yeah, coming at you live from. Now, can, can you imagine those guys? I should put it on the speaker because uh, my neighbor's going to be pissed. You know, I can do it. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> can you get it off of that one? Yeah. <laughs> I'm having a little fun here, though. <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry, folks. <laughs> it's getting late, and we're having a little... Technological error. So, so... I really love this song because it's it's like this very simple but fun beat that uh, it's interesting because this that, never that stood out of that era. this never stood out to me at all I, yeah. I, I don't, couldn't even tell you what album this is on but I'm going to find out in a minute though while you're looking at that it's got to be like on their very early album I'm still not sure you've got the right band but <laughs> it's part one. Or whatever. It doesn't tell me what album it's on. But can't you see those guys out there dancing and just like This this seems more not like seventy, no. <laughs> this doesn't feel like Soul Train or anything to me. This feels like uh there was a uh, T V show in the sixties. It was like uh uh it's a one-word hullabaloo. I'm not familiar with that. It, it was like these go-go dancers in cages and, and go-go dancers. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. the white boots, and the little mini skirt kind of things. <laughs> that is completely what it feels like to me. And that, that if that's what you were thinking, I, that is what I'm you thinking. You are correct. But that song doesn't seem like a. It doesn't seem like quintessential Sly and the Family Stones. Oh, perhaps not. Perhaps not. But I mean, and that's. I mean, and you know. I'm not saying it's a bad maybe track. maybe not quintessential, but it is something they produced, and and not and not just that song. There were a number of songs that, that I was, as I was listening to, they would come up like soul clapping. Oh yeah, yeah. Soul clapping's like that too. That was a good song, actually. Here, wait. Um, soul clapping. Yeah, that was a good one, actually. I remember liking that one. Is that one? Is that on your list too? That's on my list as well. Yeah. Yeah, that was actually probably the well. Come on, my phone, folks. Yeah, this one was definitely, I think, a possibility for me. Um, uh, for you tapped in? Yeah, simply as like an example of their earlier, one of their earlier songs that had that sound. You know, it was getting in the direction. And, and the go-go dancers, man. You know, I right? got to tell you, I, I, I'm not finding Suki Suki anywhere 
on their albums. Like, where did you find that song? I know it's not on their albums. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> can, I, can you show me where it is? No. You were just playing it. Oh, I'm moving <laughs> on here. Because <laughs> you you've actually got the wrong man. No, no, I I don't. Oh, you know what that might be? Is that a Sly Stone? Because you said you listen to some of the solo stuff too. It says Sly and the Family Stone. Ah. Can you show me? Yeah. Let me see. Well, Sally's going to make a play again, but that's the very bottom right there. Oh. Oh. Maybe it's some, like, demo thing that never got released on an album. I I think, well, you you came across some, like, pseudo-albums on your journey. I did. So I, I I think maybe that's, like, some sort of early... Sing- Maybe it's like a B-side to a single. Nonetheless, it's awesome. It's enjoyable. <laughs> okay, so did you have other songs you uh, needed to add to your... Uh... uh, You know, I had Family Affair on my list. And... Uh... No, that's it, man. Those are, the, those are the main ones I made my list right there. Huh? Um, can you pause that? <laughs> Uh, I well, I think we definitely had some overlap here. Uh, not Suki Suki, but <laughs> <laughs> here I'll tell you. I'll tell you my times, my my choices, and I guess I went more uh, like quintessential stuff. Quintessential stuff that yeah. I think without these song or these songs, like all kind of it's like essential listening. And well, well, to be to be fair, plays a bit like a greatest hits. I'm right? coming at Sly and the Family Family Stone. With not a whole lot of knowledge about him, right? A lot yeah, of background. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, as I was listening to, I was I was picking songs that that appealed to me for whatever yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and that, that's well, not, not knowing any history. Right, right. Yeah. That's perfectly valid. I'm, yeah. I'm just, I think I, my mine is more just like I was going for if I was going to play a bunch of songs for somebody to like really show them what mm-hmm. get them to understand Sly and the Family Stone in ten songs. I think that's what I would do. Well, if you and, didn't include Suki Suki, you're deficient. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really not sure that helps people understand anything about Sly and the Family Stone. I don't know, but, but that's just my take on it. So, no, no judgment at all. Uh, so, so I had Dance to the Music. Dance uh, to the Music. Uh, stand, which again, the, that message is just so yeah. potent. I want to take you higher because mm-hmm. it's just got that. A lot of the songs with that, the great songs with the vocal interplay and stuff that really yeah. I feel like that has to be in there Everyday People just an amazing song that's such a great song really Everybody is. is a Star how's that go? actually we didn't play that this. might be one more song that was not on the um, oh, any of the albums hits? I think basically I, I, I'm not sure if it was on an album I think it was just on the greatest hits let me let me see if I can quickly find it here Every, how's it go? Everybody is a star dun, 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 dun. <laughs> here we go hold on a second it's a great song. If you haven't heard this, you really ought to. I just realized you're growing your beard out. It's November. <laughs> I have a beard. It's mode. November. Yes, I. You've seen me with it for a yeah. couple times now, but yeah. I don't dig this song. Keep listening. This is an amazing song. <laughs> Can't say you don't dig it and after two lines. Tis the sun that loves you 
This is like a this is a like a sister a sibling song to everyday people. Yeah. Yeah, and stand. It's kind of like another self-empowerment kind of song like yeah. everybody has it in them to be special. You got this great That was me, folks. That wasn't... In case you thought that was... <laughs> the wonderful slice. You though. go, Dave. Thank you. Anyway, I, I, I've always loved this song. And, I mean, I grew up with this song, knowing this song. So, I mean, for me, it's a little different than if you're hearing this for the first time. Yeah, I, I don't have I, much of an attachment to it, and it doesn't strike me yeah. as, like, meaningful. It will. It will. Trust me. The more, because I know you're going to keep listening to Sly Stone for a long time. Well, I'm definitely listening to those three albums. That, uh, listen to the greatest hits too, because there's some. Songs oh yeah, 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 that one too. Um, anyway, I just, I, did, I, I think he has a great voice. Well, that's not Sly, dude. That's uh, that's no? one of the other guys. I, I'm not sure if that's Larry Graham or something, but oh. the deep voice guy isn't Sly. That's Sly right here. Sly tends to be more in the middle range or higher range, ah. but the really deep stuff isn't him. That's one of the other guys. That oh, so I'm mistaken. There was there was a number of songs earlier that. Uh, yeah. There was a, a he really does cool have voice chime Like he does do some low parts yeah. sometimes, but there's that other really low one that yeah. doesn't have quite as much like not as much personality, I guess, to it. But it's just his voice. Yeah. That. Okay, anyway, I'm going to get back to my list here. Yeah, let's move on, because this song sucks, actually. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What kind of person are you? You're not a star, Eric. <laughs> okay. Uh, you're, you're within your rights not to like it, I guess. Okay. Anyway, Hot Fun in the Summertime was also... That's a great tune. Had to be in there. Yeah, hey, we we should play one. just a little bit of Yeah, I would love to hear some more. I'm having a good time. I don't care about this thing. Same here, man. This is a happy tune, man. This makes me think of my siblings. They're all like ten years older than I was. And this, so, the, sorry, I just want to say this vocal right here is fantastic. That, that go ahead, sorry. I'm trying to do, listen to you. Well, just my siblings were ten years older than I was, and so when I, when I was, you know, at at an age in my life when I when I didn't really could, couldn't really appreciate music too much, they were listening to this stuff, oh, really? and I've heard this song. When I was like young, young, you know. Wow, yeah. So this this one goes way back. Yeah, so it sticks out of my mind. I've I've heard this song uh, early, early in my life. This sticks out for me. 
you know, I actually have this feeling that there's like two versions of the sun. Because there's one. Like, I feel like his vocals are much more upfront on that. I noticed this before, too. The high, 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 mm-hmm, baby. Mm-hmm. I, 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 in my mind, I, I feel like that is more of a group of voices singing that part. Did they re-release that song on another album? or? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, it's, it's only been on collections. and So while well, I'm thinking maybe the single, the original single version did have a different mix. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to have to go back and listen to that. Unfortunately, I can't talk about I will not be able to share the results on this podcast. So, so after that, well, uh, I if anybody's in. out there listening, <laughs> go take a listen and we'll uh, throw and, some comments yeah. out there. Actually, maybe on the next episode, I can just bring that up. And... Okay, so uh, after Hot Fun in the Summertime, I have Thank You for Letting Me Be Myself Again. Yeah, great tune. The other weird thing about that song title is burr, again, burr, again burr. isn't even spelled A G A I N. It's just A G I N. Thank you. Let me be myself again. Burr, burr, um, burr, burr. Family affair. Burr, burr, burr. Okay, okay, okay. Family affair. Okay, <laughs> if you want me to stay. Oh, okay. Uh, this which is... was that? That was from Fresh. I think we heard that one. I think that might have been the one that you you wanted me to keep going with it. You were really yes, please, it. would you? <laughs> Here, I'll, I'll put it on uh, Sonos. That's the second song on, though, yeah? Yeah. So this is a quintessential yeah. song, you think? Because for his singing, I think, in the bass, that bass line. The bass line is awesome. Such a sly style bass line. And then his singing it really is, isn't it, yeah. That's so... That tells you everything you need to know about the way his voice. Like, it's got this... Like, I love this song, man. That's a Stevie Wonder sort of feel to it, too. Yeah, I mean, Stevie Wonder had that kind of vibe in a lot of his songs, too. Like, this, this intense beat. Well, and it kind, of, kind of the ebb and flow, you know. Yeah. Stevie Wonder did this a lot. And, and I feel like similar. singing here is another one that Prince really emulates that singing ah, style. Ah, yeah, yeah. Because he does this kind of, it's kind of just almost like tight. The singing in the front of his voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah like, like, like a, this weird affectation. Yeah. Just changes yeah, the tone of his voice a little bit. And I think Prince did that a lot in some of his, yeah. uh, a variety of his songs. He also would do it just like, Recording manipulation. This is such a such a great song. This is a rising up on the yeah. my list of favorite songs, man. I like this song. Yeah, yeah, definitely listen to Fresh again. You should, yeah, I, will, I, will. I think you were liking a lot of this stuff on there. So, uh, so on my list, I'll let this play while I keep going. On my list here, uh, Loose Booty, which yeah. we talked about earlier. I just Loose Booty. Such a good song. And just the vibe on that, the the, the groove is so good. Um, and that actually, that was it. That was the last. That was my number ten song. So it wasn't actually in any order. I just uh, I just uh, had. What, what album is Loose Booty on? Um, Loose Booty is on the small small talk. Right. Anyway, well, I, I think uh, I think we've done a pretty thorough job of covering this stuff. I don't think we talked too much detail about the later albums, but 
with just a couple of exceptions, I, I don't think they're as notable. I mean, they're enjoyable. I, I, I would, if you, if you explored all his really great stuff, I would recommend giving them a listen. And yeah, uh, they're they're certainly not not bad. Um, uh, they've I, all I got their highlights. They've, they've they've definitely got their their strong points and. We've gone on for what I think might be two and a half hours. <laughs> Is that right? And uh, maybe you aren't listening anymore, but that's okay. We had a good time talking about it. And if you did listen Hell all the yeah. way through, hopefully you enjoyed this fairly in-depth discussion. <laughs> yeah. And uh, others to come about another artist. Yeah. Well, we'll, we haven't decided what's next, but you'll know as soon as you hear it. <laughs> you'll yeah. be the first to know. <laughs> <laughs>